This is episode 335, Love the Parts of Yourself You Don't Like Very Much with Odetta. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, as always, for listening. I love today's episode because it's so important to understand that self-love is not this way of being where we just are in complete unconditional love with ourselves all the time. We've just loved and accepted all parts of ourselves. We never get triggered. We we never have a critical thought about ourselves. I mean, maybe there are some people on the planet that live that way. I haven't met too many of them. I don't think I've met any of them. <laughs> no matter how much work we do, we're still human. We still have parts that maybe we don't like very much. We still have sometimes an inner critic that comes up. Self-love to me is the same thing as self-confidence. It's radical self-acceptance. It's accepting all parts of us, even the ones that we want to change. And if you are trying to change or heal a part of yourself, I'll tell you what's getting in your way the most. It's your judgment of it and your attachment to changing it. And as you'll hear in my coaching session with Odetta, her attachment to wanting to change this really critical part of herself is what is preventing her from actually being able to shift it. Any part we judge, any part we shame, anything we're so attached to shifting just holds on stronger. And I'll explain why as I coach her in the episode. Also, I want to invite those of you listeners, longtime listeners, or even new listeners to the show to apply to be coached on the podcast. I'm going to be going on maternity leave sometime in March, depending on when she decides to come. And I am pre-recording a bunch of episodes so that while I'm on leave, you will have fresh episodes to listen to. So if you would like to be on the show, go to christinehaster.com slash waitlist, fill out the quick form there, and Kim will be in touch with you about having you on the show. So as you're listening to this episode, consider... Do you really strive and intend for self-love, but you just can't seem to get there? Do you have a nasty inner critic, inner judge that gets in your way quite a bit? Is it hard for you to love certain parts of yourself or accept certain parts of yourself? You just are dead set on getting them to change. So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Odetta. Odetta, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to chat with you. So I've struggled with self-love majority of my life. And although I've developed a lot of tools and I've done a lot of work to get to where I am today, it's still something that I find holds me back in my life because I don't think I've fully embodied it. And I think fear runs my life most of the time and I can get paralyzed with anxiety and very easily overstimulated by the world around me. So I'm a, I'm a coach myself and I'm a yoga instructor and breathwork facilitator. So I definitely have all of the tools to help me manage 
But this self-love issue is something that I think is holding me back from truly showing up at my best and putting myself out there, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. But I find that everyone around me, all my clients and friends and the people who follow me online, they say that I inspire them and I'm so vulnerable and transparent. And I've really helped a lot of people in their personal self-love journeys. And yet I continue to be extremely self-critical and self-judgmental and always feel like I'm not doing enough or not working fast Mm -hmm. enough or hard enough. And I'm just going through the same cycles over and over, learning the same lessons over and over, wondering why I, I can't just get to the bottom of it. Mm. What are the what are the lessons you keep learning over and over? One of them is kind of the negative self-talk and that I'm very self-critical of, of myself. So mm-hmm. I try to catch myself when I'm in those moments and 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 reaffirm. And I guess another one would be I'm very much an overachiever and kind of go, go, go all the time. And I have a hard time resting and feel guilty when I do. And usually I get to a place of burnout and my body forces me to rest. And in those moments, I tell myself, okay, I'm not going to do it again. And then I kind of ease my way back into work and it happens again. Mm, okay. And I'm, you've done a lot of work on this, obviously. Um, I have, yeah. Inner <laughs> child work, mm-hmm. breath work, mm-hmm. self-limiting mm-hmm. beliefs. Right. All the- so can you see how attached you are to it shifting? Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's it's just something I, I feel like I want to get over because I feel like I can't fully invest the way I want to invest in my business and show up in the way I want to show up if this is such a huge block. And it's like if I help other people with self-love mm-hmm. and I'm struggling with it, I, I feel kind of like an imposter. I hear that. I hear that. So how do you help other people? <laughs> um. I ask a lot of questions, I listen to them, and I approach I approach their problems with a lot of self-compassion and mm-hmm. a lot of compassion and empathy, mm-hmm. which I guess I don't always do with myself. Yeah. To me, the lesson in this is acceptance. You know, I've shared on the show several times, I have tried to stop myself from worrying and go to worst case scenario thinking for years. I've done everything from hypnotherapy to ketamine to Dr. Joe Dispenza to this to that. And I finally got into the place of accepting that this is just, and I'm open to it shifting. I'm completely open to it shifting. I don't think motherhood's going to (laughs) help it shift very much, but (laughs) I'm completely open to it, but I'm not attached anymore. And I've just accepted that this is a part of me. And we'll talk about your self-critical part in a moment. This is a part of me that is how the scared parts of me try to feel safe, try to have control when I feel none. And it may even just be part of how I'm wired in this lifetime. And when I got to the place of accepting, all right, this just might be with me for the rest of my life. So how do I live with it and love it and accept it rather than be so committed to trying to change it? And intuitively, I feel like that's the shift you're being asked to make because here you are, you know, teaching self-love, but you're hating this part of you. Maybe hate's the wrong word, but there's a judgment of it. You think it's wrong. You think you can't be successful as a self-love coach. I mean, honestly, the best people at coaching certain topics are the people it's hardest for. You know, I was talking to 
one of my coaches and she was a coach that I hired to help with sensuality and femininity and all that kind of stuff. And I remember talking to her and she just from a very young age had been a very sensual person. Her sexuality had been very alive. And I remember saying, I don't know if you're the right coach for me for this because this comes so naturally to you. It's so easy for you. I think I need someone who's challenged by it and who has learned how to navigate those waters. And we ended up ending the coaching relationship because it just, it came too easily to her (laughs) and I couldn't relate to that. And so something that you're seeing as such a problem, I'm putting in air quotes right now, actually might be part of your purpose is to have this part, this critical judgmental part, but to love it. I mean, that's the, that's the pinnacle of self-love to me. Self-love isn't just being in this beautiful place and being in gratitude and loving and accepting ourselves all the time. Self-love is the raw, unconditional love of the parts of ourselves that we just don't like that much. So what's coming up for you as I share all this? A lot of emotion. Hmm. I guess logically. Well, let's stay on the emotion first. Okay. Let's, Let's stay there for a moment. So what emotion is coming up? Um, sadness that maybe I ha- I haven't been loving that part of myself and I've been trying to push it aside or always um, reaffirm myself or rewire the thoughts or just like push my inner critic away because I, f- I feel like it's an enemy um, mm. to my life rather than maybe a part of me that needs love from myself. Yeah. Yeah. So let's stay on that. So I just want you to imagine that part of you. Just close your eyes and imagine that part of you. And if that part of you is just sitting or standing in front of you, can you see it? Can you see that part of you? Yeah. What does it look like? It looks like me, but like an angry version of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like her hands are crossed and she just looks mad. Yeah. And can you ask her, either internally or aloud, how old were you when she developed? Like, when did she come in? Uh, around 12. Mm. And what was her job? Why did she need to be developed? Um, I got bullied a lot in middle school. And so I started trying to show up in a way that would make other people like me. And so I was really sensitive to the judgments of other people. And I would try to change what those people said about me that they didn't like. What did they say about you that they didn't like? I got body shamed a lot that kind of developed into an eating disorder a couple of years later. Um, and like I was too loud to this, to that, um, a lot of rumors spread about me, even though I didn't do anything. And it was always this, I always got the sense of, why is everyone so mean to me? I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And that, that happened pretty consistently. And if I remember, I got pulled starting grade one up until grade eight, and it was always 
just a sense of confusion over why yeah. people were talking so negatively about me because I, I really tried my hardest to be a nice person and I didn't do anything. I just mm. showed up, went to class, like got yeah. involved in sports and did the things I love to do. And I guess I, I was a target. I, I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. And you probably never will. And I'm sorry that, that you went through that and that happened because that's really hard. And at such a tender age to feel so less than and so confused and also just so isolated. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted you to go back to that part and close your eyes if they're not. And just again, see that 12-ish part with her arms crossed and just looking angry. And can you ask her what her purpose is? Like, how does she protect you? Um, the first thing I heard was tough love. Mm. Why is tough love important? Um, I get the sense of like, if, if I don't hear that part of myself, I won't continue to grow and be better. Mm -hmm. And you might get bullied again. Like if you're not super on top of things, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. I grew up uh, in an immigrant family and, and my parents showed me so much love, but they were also very critical in a lot of ways of, mm-hmm. of me achieving. Um, and I think I internalized that from home as well. I always tried to be like the perfect daughter, the perfect student, the perfect friend. And, um, you know, that carried on into perfectionism in a lot of areas of my life. Right. And I still haven't fully figured out how to navigate that. Yeah. Well, if we have perfectionism and, you know, perfectionism was a way to get love, right. And acceptance and validation and fit into the family and belonging, since it was such a wound for you socially, it was going to be even more important familially. Right. And if we have perfectionism as a pattern to get love and acceptance and belonging, we need the inner critic. We can't have perfectionism without a critic because who's going to tell us when we're not perfect. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the critic's job. So this this part of you, this twelve year old inner critic part, who you know is angry, not necessarily at you, but just angry at life, at the people that teased her, angry because she's confused and she doesn't understand. Sounds like she has a very strong intention to protect you from getting bullied again getting ostracized again. And how she does that is she is more critical of you than anyone else could be. So you can catch things before they happen. Like that feeling of being bullied and not knowing why must have left you feeling so out of control. So this part of you, just like my worry part is looking for some kind of control and certainty. This inner critic part of you is looking for some kind of control and certainty of like, okay, if I just bully myself, then maybe I can prevent (laughs) it from happening again. Yeah, that sounds about right. And again, logically, you know that if you do a post and you share your gifts and you put it out there, you're not going to have a troll of people bullying you and telling you you suck and all the, you know, you know that's not going to happen today logically, but Conscious thinking is only three to five percent of our feeling, thoughts, and behaviors. It increases as we do the work, but subconsciously, 
and in your body, you're going to feel that tremendous fear of putting yourself out there and being bullied, teased, judged, ostracized, pushed out of the community, all of that stuff that you felt. Those are very hard feelings to navigate in adolescence when we're going through a developmental phase where our whole identity is being formed. Yeah. And so during this phase where part of our identity is in socialization and belonging and all of that, you you miss that phase. So there's a part of you that's fragmented, that's still stuck in that tween adolescent period. So I can imagine there's times when you're like, geez, Odetta, this isn't hard. It's just a post or it's just this or it's just a request. <laughs> like, why are you making this such a big deal? You, 30-something, however old you are, grown woman, it's not you. It's that 12-year-old who's so scared of having it happen all over again that you know that she knows the more she criticizes and the more she judges, the more likely you'll be to withdraw the more likely you'll be not to put yourself out there, which to her means she's done her job because the less you put yourself out there, the less risk there is. So she's like, oh, okay, I've done my job. And she's not trying to limit you. She's just trying to protect you. Yeah, that makes sense. So then the question is, well, how do I shift it? And I go back to it's more about acceptance than it is shifting because anytime we're doing parts work, and if you didn't listen to my interview with Richard Schwartz on internal family systems and parts work may be a beautiful next step for you in terms of your, again, not attempt to fix this or change this, but just in terms of your full acceptance of self. Because the beautiful thing of parts work is that we'd learn to love all parts of us, even the ones we don't really like. Right. And I can love and accept parts of me that I would love to be different, but the more I want them to be different, the more they hang on to their old ways of being. So for you, it's really having a lot of conversations with this 12-year-old part who I would give her a name, this part of you. And when you start to feel her come up, because it's not you, it's her, right? It's you, but it's not, right? It's a part of you. When you feel her start to come up and criticize, just say, hey, well, let me ask, can you think of a name for her, what you'd like to call her? I don't know, Susie. (laughs) Susie, okay. Well, that can change if that doesn't feel like her name. (laughs) So you can say, hey, Susie, you're doing such a good job. I know you're trying to protect me and I love and accept you. And that we're not 12 anymore and this is safe. And is there anything you need from me to know that it's safe? To know we can do this. And you begin a relationship with her. And you begin that compassionate dialogue with her. And let go of wanting this to be different. But working with what is instead. Because that you... Accepting, loving, dialoguing with this part of you that, again, is just so committed to protecting you is way more loving than you, well, first of all, than you judging it, but also than you running from modality to workshop to whatever, trying to make it go away. 
Because the more you do that, the more the part feels not seen. And then the tighter it grips on because the part's like, whoa, she's not seeing how I protect her and I'm protecting her from something really major. So I'm going to grip on tighter. Is this all making sense? I mean, I know you know a lot of this, but is anything new coming through for you? I think I think I feel like resistance to loving that part because I'm still, I think I'm still stuck in the mindset of I can shift it, I can change it, I can be a new person, I can like move past it. So I definitely feel a level of resistance to um, approaching it with um, compassion and love rather than trying to change it Mm -hmm. for sure. Because I'm always the, I'm always in this state of um, personal development and like trying to be better and trying to grow. And um, I think a part of that, which is not really helping me is me trying to I guess, like I mentioned, change fundamental parts of myself as I'm trying to like run away from myself and be Mm -hmm. a new person rather Mm -hmm. than fully accepting the totality of who I am and all of these different parts. Right. Which is self-love. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that resistance, and thank you for your honesty. I love the honesty. So that resistance that's coming up, what does that resistance need? I think it needs love too. Mm -hmm. So like it's, I don't know, just telling myself it's okay to have resistance when I'm trying something new Mm -hmm. and when I'm approaching something in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I can get very stuck on certain modalities and things I've tried in the past that clearly aren't working for me anymore, but I'm forcing myself to make them work Mm, and they never do. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is when I hear myself being self-critical and then I try to instantly shift that thought and like reaffirm myself. It's, it's like that that's helpful, but it's also not really acknowledging the part that was being self-critical in the first place. Right. I think. Right. So if at the beginning of the show, you told me your issue and I said, all right, well, let's just shift it and say something positive right now. Tell me what you want. How seen and heard would you have felt if I just was like, well, let's just sh- think about something else. Just use your mind. Yeah, not, not very. <laughs> and how not would that have felt? Um, like I was trying to cover up the problem with like a Band-Aid. Right. And how would, have, how would my behavior have felt to you if I'd done that? Like you're not really seeing me or being empathetic to what I'm expressing. Right. So maybe even a sense of rejection, dismissal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what this part of you, this 12 year old little Susie part is feeling. And again, she's really committed to protecting you. Like that's what I really want you to get, like not in just your head, but in your body. She is so, like, this is the best way you knew how to protect yourself at a young age. Like, if you were working with a client and they had trouble being in their body, 
they dissociate a lot because they had a lot of trauma. Would you expect them just to get over it? Would you expect them to positive affirmation themselves, you know, into their body? No, I would get them to feel it. Right. And you'd also acknowledge you dissociating was the best way you knew how to cope with the trauma. And you could have picked a lot of other things. You could have started self-medicating, could be an addict right now. I know you mentioned the eating disorders. That was, you know, one way to deal with the big feelings. Um, But, you know, this was the best way you knew how, and it's kind of a genius way too, because it's, it's made you achieve a lot and have pretty high standards. And the thing is, when you love and accept this part, you don't have to let go of how productive you are and how finely attuned to detail you are or any of those things. It's possible to be successful and have a level of excellence without a supercharged inner critic. But until you really integrate this part of you, rather than keeping it separate, judging it, shaming it, and just constantly wanting it to go away, you will feel fragmented. You will feel like you have, like you said, like you have an enemy, but she's not your enemy. She's really one of your key protectors because she just doesn't want you to get bullied again. She doesn't want you to go through that again. Just want to clarify something. So the goal isn't to quiet down my inner critic or to constantly reaffirm myself. I'm just not understanding. Um, I think if I approach this part of myself mm-hmm. with love and compassion, will will the inner critic <laughs> be quieter over time? Possibly. Or is that just me trying to silence her again? It, possibly. Possibly. Or it will come up and you'll be able to Like, because what the criticism is doing is if I could translate it, it would be like this part, Susie's saying, "Uh oh, I'm scared. There's a risk here of being seen. There's a risk here of being judged. There's a risk here of being evaluated. I don't want to feel those feelings again. I've got to protect us. So I'm going to be super critical so that, you know, we're more hard on ourselves than anyone else possibly could be. And so we stop ourselves from doing things that may put us at risk for being judged. That's like what she's really saying. So your job, and again, I think IFS would be very helpful. um, Your job is to dialogue with her and help her understand that there's other ways you can feel safe. Again, not with the attachment or intention to try to change her or make her go away because then she'll feel dismissed but how these parts integrate and how they start being less active in the behavior that they've learned is helping them fulfill their role in a different way. So this Susie part of you will always be a protector part. But with work and with dialogue, you can shift how she protects you. And it might be less critical. I see. So it's one of those things that shifts over time. And I've experienced this massively with my inner critic, massively. It's shifted so much, but it didn't shift or budge at all when I wanted it to change. 
It only started to shift when I loved and accepted it and understood that it did have a very important purpose and function, that it wasn't the enemy. It was exactly the opposite. It was totally on the front lines of the battlefield trying to protect me. And that's what this part of you is. So having appreciation for it, acceptance for it, seeing its purpose, shifting the way that you relate to it. So when it comes up, you're like, oh, hi, Susie. Ooh, there must be a part of me that's scared of judgment right now. Okay. Because you're here. So there must be a part of me that's scared of judgment or being ostracized or something like that's up for me right now. Okay. What do I need? Instead of, oh, critical thought, positive think, I hate this part. It's such a different energy. You feel that? Very much. I think I've been approaching it as an enemy for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely caused a lot of anger and frustration at myself. Right. Which is getting you nowhere. Yeah. And again, someone that, you know, struggles with feeling love and acceptance sometimes is an excellent person to be teaching it. So to that imposter syndrome, what I want to say is, your experience highly qualifies you. And just be honest with the fact that you haven't mastered it yet. Yeah. Anyone who's truly mastered 100% self-love all the time, I'd love to meet them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing beautiful, Odetta. Okay. You're doing great. It was a very traumatic thing what you went through. And this part is just there to protect you from having to go through it again. So do some dialoguing with her. You know, you know, the empty chair process because you've done inner child. Talk to her, get to know her, understand her value. Heal that, that separation and that division inside of you. And let go of wanting it to be different. Okay. Yeah, I can sense it. It sounds sounds like a good place, I Mm -hmm. think, for me. Mm -hmm. Does this help a bit? Better than what Mm -hmm. I've been doing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) It does. It gives me some clarity on what what hasn't been working in the way that I've been approaching it. And it's it's really just a a perspective shift and changing my relationship with it rather than going to find another tool to try to quiet down my inner critic. Because I don't I don't really think that's that's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Get to know her. Okay. Love her, understand her, accept her. Mm. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Christine. Thank you, Odetta, for being on the show. I want to acknowledge you for being a coach and coaching self-love and being willing to come on and share about where you're still struggling. That honesty, that ownership is so inspiring. And for all coaches, therapists, anyone in the helping field, I think it's really important for us to be honest about you know where we are. Walking the talk isn't being perfect. <laughs> Walking the talk isn't having it all together. That's more about wearing a mask. Walking the talk is owning, yeah, this is the areas where I'm really doing well and where I'm really an expert and where I really can help. And these are the areas where I'm still human and I'm still learning. And to be an effective coach or therapist or practitioner in any way, you don't have to be there 
wherever there is. It's more about having the training, having the experience, having the intention, having the skills to really hold for people as they walk through things that you've been walking through too. Now, I do think when we're holding space for someone, we need to be a little farther along on the path. We need to have a little more experience under our belt. But there's no reason why Odetta can't help people with self-love. And in fact, she's highly qualified because this is an area she knows. Now, as I told you, I hired a coach a while ago and it turned out she wasn't really the right fit because what I was asking her to coach me on came naturally to her since she was a kid. And I'm like, mm, this isn't working because <laughs> you didn't transform this. You always just naturally kind of had it. So for all of you aspiring coaches out there, and P.S., we are enrolling for our coaching institute, Elementum Coaching Institute. Enrollment closes March 10th, so you'll want to go to elementumcoachinginstitute.com and apply. It's our totally kick-ass certification program. You can go back and listen to the conversation I had with my co-creator and co-founder, Alexi Panos, on the podcast. Uh, we aired that about probably a month ago or something like that. But I, I digress. So again, for all the coaches out there, because I know a lot of you are coaches who listen, please take the expectation of yourself that you have to have nailed everything, that you have to be perfect, that you have to have no issues. I'm very open on the show about things I still deal with. And that doesn't mean I'm less qualified. That doesn't mean I can't help people. It actually means I have more empathy and more relatability. So stay human. (laughs) I think sometimes we have this expectation, whether we're coaches or not, to be superhuman. You know, and that's one of the things that I'm really considering as I'm moving into motherhood. I have no intention to be super mom, to be superhuman, to be back to my pre-baby body in six weeks or any of those things. I'm just going to keep it really real and love my humanity. That's one of the great things that's come with age is just accepting the fact that I am human. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And I hope Odetta can really take some of that lightness from our conversation and really see that this part of her that she judges so intensely is is actually an ally. This part that she sees as, as an enemy is an ally. And if the parts work conversation confused you a little bit, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to my coach's corner with Richard Schwartz, who is the creator of Internal Family Systems. And he takes me through a parts work process and you'll see how it works. So if you resonated with this episode and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a part of me that I don't like, but I can see maybe it's trying to protect me, go back and listen to that. And maybe even consider looking for an internal family systems therapist. So I did a lot of coaching with Odette in the show. There's not too much to break down here other than to just emphasize and point out to you that any part, that aspect of you, that for example, the inner critic that you don't like, that you want to change, it has a positive intention. And until you can fulfill that positive intention in another way, it's going to hang on. Like my inner critic, its its role was to protect me to really protect me and to make sure I was doing well, you know, so I could keep achieving and so I wouldn't get teased and all that kind of stuff. And I just would have conversations with it and I got to know it. And as I've learned how to quote unquote protect myself by just being authentic, being in alignment with what's really true for me, speaking my voice, having my boundaries, that protective role of my inner critic isn't so active anymore. Now, is my inner critic totally gone? No. But when she comes up, I can have compassion for her. I can go, oh, hi, Candy. I call her Candy. What do you need? 
What are you trying to get through to me? And it's a different kind of relationship. So remember, self-love isn't rainbows and unicorns all the time. Self-love isn't being in this place of, I'm amazing. I love all aspects of me. Like, no, it is, I accept all parts of me and love all parts of me, even those parts that are difficult, even those parts that a part of me would like to change. I love and accept all of me. That's the essence of self-love. All right, everybody, have a beautiful rest of your day or evening. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.